We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live post-game show slash podcast. Wait for it. The Lakers won. The Lakers won a game. The losing streak is broken. The Lakers got a win against the Oklahoma City Thunder. No LeBron, no AD, no Russell Westbrook. LeBron done for the season. No word yet whether or not Russ or AD will play in Sunday's season finale, but the Lakers do get a win against a very depleted Thunder team. If you look at the injury reports put out with the starting lineup, both teams missing most of their key players, but the Lakers got some big contributions from a number of players. In fact, eight guys in double figures in tonight's game. So we'll take it. A Lakers win. A rare thing this season, unfortunately. Welcome in, by the way, from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. If you're listening to the podcast version as well, uh, that's uh, you probably listen to that tomorrow, which is a weekend. So happy Saturday if you're listening to the podcast version of this. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribing over on Apple Podcasts, leaving us a review, five star rating as well. We would appreciate that. Joining me tonight is Sean Davis from LakersNation.com. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It feels good to be able to celebrate a win. So thanks for having me on for a win, and I'm glad I was able to talk about a win for the first time in a long time. I know you mentioned this. We were talking before our play-by-play stream, so appreciate everybody's coming over from that, but you brought to my attention, Trevor, that the Lakers had not won since you were in Vegas, which yep, been a while. Since the, the last studio show that we did, it's been, that was, a, that was weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Lakers were able to, were able to get the win though today. A lot of people in the chat saying too little, too late. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. I, I agreed. I agreed. It's, they needed to win earlier, yes, but you know what? That's that, that's happened. That it's done. I'll take a win. I'll take a win at this I'll point take one, in the know. season just to be able to to say, hey, they won a game. Thank goodness. Uh, let's get into some of the stats from this one. We've got the Lakers. Obviously, do the, they do roll the win? Pretty stress free win. Again, a very rare thing for the Lakers this season. 120 to 101. 21 points for Stanley Johnson. 8 of 16 shooting, 8 boards to go along with it. 15 and 8 for Dwight Howard. 12 and 5 for Malik Monk. 5 assists there. Uh, 11 for Austin Reeves, who was solid tonight. 15 for THT. Only 4 of 16 shooting in this one, which is not great. But 
15 points, 8 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals. You'll take that from him. 16 for Wendy and Gabriel on 6 of 7 shooting, 2 blocks and 7 boards. 10 for Wayne Ellington, 2 threes knocked in. And then 13, Mason Jones. Welcome. Welcome. Pretty impressive performance from him. And we also got news tonight that the Lakers have signed Mac McClung on a two-way contract, which means I don't know if we should expect it, but he could potentially play on Sunday in Denver. So, Sean, it was a different feel in this game. We saw very balanced scoring. Everybody seemed to be getting in on the act, everybody chipping in. Part of that is the Thunder were putting out a starting five who most fans haven't heard of, but still kind of kind of fun to watch a balanced scoring game here from the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just fun to see everybody touching the basketball offensively, um, even though they ran a few plays to death tonight. But, uh, you know, just everybody getting good looks. I thought they were getting some paint touches, and they're kicking out for some good looks for three. Wenyon, his three-pointer was a great look. Uh, Austin Reeves, he went one for two. I thought he had, got some good looks. So he kind of turned down two. Um, Monk, I, I thought everybody just took better shots tonight. And I think it's because they got some little bit more ball movement, even though 23 assists might not indicate that. Um, I, I thought the ball movement was good tonight, and I thought that they were getting some quality shots because mm-hmm. of it. Uh, Nishad Marathi said, it's very sad, but this has been more fun to watch without all of the stars. We can finally see a cohesive offense and defense. I don't know if I would go as far as to say cohesive off- offense. If you're watching, Sean, you and I were kind of laughing about this on our, our live play-by-play the Lakers just kept running the same play over and over and over again. I have a feeling that was kind of the one Literally. play that group had really worked on. There were a few other variations they threw in, but we did see them go to the same sets. But the bottom line, yes, the ball was still moving. The, you had more guys getting scoring opportunities, but the Lakers did go to very simple stuff on the offensive end of the floor. But I guess we'll take it. Again, like it works. Like that stagger play, the stagger horns play, which you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about at this point in the season. It works. And when they ran it, it's been really, really effective. And it gets the team that's probably gassed. Like, Trevor, I looked at the stat sheet before we hopped on, and they played six players tonight. And really, it's only five because Isaiah Roby was in foul trouble. So, I mean, I think they're a little, the Thunder were a little gassed too, but mm-hmm. it's a quality play. Frank's been running it since he's been in LA, not just this year. But, man, they ran that play to death. It felt like in that third quarter, it came down and just kept running that play. Yeah, we, we should mention that. The Thunder, they, they've got a skeleton lineup here. They, True. Well, look at their starting five. Aside from Isaiah Roby, who was injured, 47 minutes, 45 minutes, 47 minutes, 43 minutes, 44 minutes. I thought that was that's, fake at first. I was like, no way. They basically true. played five guys the entire game with the exception of 14 minutes from Roby. Um, yeah, that that's pretty incredible. That's not something you would typically see in an NBA game. Surprised they had one guy, Xavier Simpson, fouled out, but surprised you didn't have more with them playing that many minutes. Um, certainly a factor in this one, but again, the Thunder, the Thunder aren't trying to win games right now. They're just rolling their young guys out there and seeing what they can do. So that that certainly helped the Lakers um pick up a win in this one. Um yeah. let's get into Oh, man, I've already got a lot of people talking about Russell Westbrook. What do you think as far as, obviously, there's no 360 award. Who's the next man up from this game? Who was it that stepped up the most tonight? Because I think there's a lot of different guys that we could that we can mention here. So, chat, let us know. What do you think? Who, who stepped up the most in this game without LeBron, without AD, without Russell Westbrook? Sean, who do you think should get it? 
Uh, I'm going to give it to Stanley Johnson. I thought when the Lakers were having their best stretches, he was involved on the offensive end, and he was making some good plays defensively as well. I think Austin Reeves deserves some consideration as well. He had an extensive stint in that third quarter down the stretch, a little bit to kick off the fourth, where the Lakers kind of started to break away just a little Mm -hmm. bit. It was him as the primary ball handler facilitator of the offense. I thought winning Gabriel was great tonight too. 16.7 rebounds. He knocked down a three. Had two blocks. One of them he sent like way down the stretch of that fourth quarter. So I think if it's one of those three guys, I, I'm I'm good with it. And I'm not going to argue it. I, but I think Stanley was just spectacular tonight. Yeah, I, I thought Stanley had a really good game too. I thought he did a nice job uh, forcing the issue, getting to the basket, putting pressure on the rim. Yeah. Again, the eight rebounds you like. I really like the Wenyan Gabriel. I'm going to go with go with him, and really just because you picked Stanley Johnson, he would have been my number one pick. But I'll go with Wenyan Gabriel. Six of seven, even hit a three, seven boards, one assist, two steals. Did have uh, I'm sorry, two blocks. Did have five fouls. But there were a number of times where I thought Wenyan made the right rotation coming over as a help defender. We don't always see that out of him. And, uh, and I thought he was just a factor in, in this game. Plus 24 on the night to lead the team. And again, 16 points. And I like seeing him, seeing him knock in the three. I think that's going to be critical for him that he's at least a threat behind the three-point line. And of course, we have to mention he got a contract. Congratulations, Wenyan Gabriel. Got a full contract, which means he'll make a little bit more money for these last couple of games. But uh, he also has a, the uh, the team actually has a, an option for him for next season. And uh, so if he plays well, they can keep him next year, be on a veteran minimum deal, and uh, and off you go with him coming off your bench. I think you could do worse than Wenyan Gabriel. I don't think he should be a major minutes like you're relying on this guy to be your sixth man or anything. But if he's your eighth, ninth, tenth guy, something like that off the bench, um, you're, you're probably okay. So... Uh, I think this is a this is a good day overall for Wenyan Gabriel, both on the floor in the game and then getting the getting the contract, getting off of the two way deal, and getting a full NBA contract. Absolutely, man! I'm so happy for Wenyan. Uh, he deserved the contract. I think he's played well in his stint with the Lakers so far, and I think if he could continue developing his outside shot and maybe be a little bit more disciplined with his fouls, he could potentially earn another contract. Uh, Man, I mean, he shouldn't cost that much, honestly. And the Lakers, they did bring him back pretty much for just three more mm-hmm. days this year than next year with the team option. Um, but I, I agree. I, th- I think when he is a 9 through 11 man in your rotation, um, give you some spot minutes and, and can really just, you know, do everything they can and play their hearts out for the minutes that they're on the floor. So I think you just need those guys. Uh, every championship team has that guy. Yeah. Um, I think Wenyan could be that guy. Could be, could be. I mean, he still has some ways to go, but uh, but there's some there's something yeah. there. There's flashes of potential there from him. <laughs> um, let's see. I've got a lot of people that are happy about Stanley Johnson. Francisco Valdez says, "Do you think Anthony Davis is coming back?" Uh, he even addressed trade rumors the other day. What do we think? Is AD going to be in a Lakers jersey next season when the season tips off, like end ish of October? 80s going to like next season. I'd be surprised if he's not. Um, yeah, I don't really know where else to go from there. I, I personally think Anthony Davis is back because um, mm-hmm. I just don't see LeBron. I personally don't think LeBron is going to just leave the front office hanging and say, nope, I'm not coming back, which is the doomsday scenario or whatever. And you have to trade LeBron potentially just to try to get some assets back. Um, I don't see that scenario happening. So I think Anthony Davis will be a starter 
Uh, he will be, yeah, obviously he's a starter. I think he'll be on the Lakers roster going into next season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's back next season. I think it would take AD telling the Lakers he wants to be traded for them to trade him. That's what we've been saying all along. You never say never in this league. Crazy things do happen and, and sure. have happened. We've seen it. Uh, but my guess, most likely what happens is both LeBron and AD are back with the Lakers next season. Uh, let's see. Next man up should be the whole team, Reginald Thomas said. They all stepped up. Yeah, I mean, this was this was an opportunity, right? We went into this game saying that the Stars aren't playing, but at least what we're going to see is we're going to see guys who are playing for something. And we're going to get that energy. It's not always going to be pretty, but you're going to get at least that energy from this kind of a game because you've got guys who are either trying to, to show everybody what they're all about, right? Trying to show what level they can be at in this league or guys who are playing to try to show that they deserve to be in this league. So you have like Austin Reeves out there who's trying to show everybody what he can do and the level that he can play at. Then you've got guys like Mason Jones who are trying to just prove that they belong in the NBA. So that factor is going to lead to energy on the court. And again, it isn't always pretty. It can be sloppy, but usually it can lead to games that can be at least fun, if nothing else, because the guys are going all out. You don't have anybody that are kind of the, the jaded veteran that just say, oh, it's the end of the season. I'm not really going to care. No, these guys are going to be flying all over the court, doing everything they can to show out. And that's that's what that's what we got tonight. Stanley Johnson, he's playing for his next contract because technically the Lakers could decline his, his team sure. option. Malik Monk, he's playing to try to increase some of his potential value uh, in free agency, the rumor is around the mid-level exception, whether it's a taxpayer or a non-taxpayer. So he's trying to increase his value. Austin Reeves technically could not be brought back, so he's mm -hmm. playing for his contract. Taylor Horn Tucker's trying to prove that he's a valuable asset. <laughs> uh, Wendy Gabriel, he just got his contract. But again, like all these players, for the most part, especially the, the key ones that we've been talking about so far, are playing for something, like you mm -hmm. mentioned. And I think when you have... I think when you just have guys that are motivated internally motivated because of something, again, going back to that championship team, you had a lot of dudes that had something to prove. Yeah. LeBron won something to prove that he could defend or at least be a, a, a serviceable defender. Anthony Davis won to prove, and LeBron was still the best player in the world. AD won to prove he's a bona fide top seven-ish player, maybe a little bit higher, especially that bubble version of Anthony Davis. You had a bunch of guys that were just scrappy and really wanted it. And then Frank Vogel had something to prove. So I think that's just the ultimate motivators when you just have something to prove. And those guys we just listed off, they all have something to prove to themselves and to the rest of the NBA. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, NGM said with a super chat, thank you. said, what kind of players do the Lakers need to sign with their minimum level next year? What are the ideal players? So, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about Malik Monk, of course. The Lakers would like to bring him back, but... In lieu of that, let's say some team says, hey, we're going to give you four years, $45 million or something for Malik Monk, and the Lakers just can't touch that. Um, what I'm looking for, if I'm the Lakers, is a big wing that can provide some shooting and some defense. The first guy that pops into my head would be like an Otto Porter Jr. type, that type of player, guy who can be mm -hmm. switchy defensively, guy that can stretch the floor for you a bit, provide a little bit of physicality. I think they didn't have nearly enough of that type of player this year. And I think that's going back to the drawing board of how you build a team around LeBron James, how you build a team around AD. You need to find guys who can provide that defense for you, uh, that switchability on that end of the floor as well. 
plus giving you that that three-point shooting. Guys who are two-way players who can be a factor on either end of the floor. And a guy like that is probably my ideal. Doesn't have to specifically be Otto Porter Jr., but that skill set. If Malik Monk is gone, that's probably what I'm trying to spend my, my taxpayer mid-level on. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another name to throw out there, I highly doubt it, first off, because I think he'll command more money on the open market if he were uh, to not resign. I think he'll resign. But a Kyle Anderson type, you know, okay. someone Slow again, ball. like a 3 and a three and D wing that can kind of stretch the floor and shoot and really be able to guard defensively. But, yeah, we're kind of thinking the same type of player mm-hmm. in there. But, again, I think Kyle Anderson's going to demand sure. a lot more than a, the Lakers' tax pyramid level exception. And GM, it took the last game to finally bench Westbrook. I mean, look, they, no, no. yeah, I'm I'm not going to dive too much in, into that. Uh, Dre Johnson, this, this summer, AD and LeBron should bring all the young guys that we have left in the gym to build chemistry until they fill out the roster. So just keep these guys together, like Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, Wenyan Gabriel, all these guys, keep them together and keep them working. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen because, um, yeah, they that's something that they're going to need. Certainly something they're going to need. Um, I've got a lot of people in the chat that are asking about uh, Reginald Thomas with a super chat. Thank you. Appreciate it. But I've got a lot of people in the chat that are asking about the articles that came out today. Ramona Shelburne's article, uh, the LA Times article, Dan Wojcicki and, uh, and Brad Turner uh, about Russ, his relationship with the Lakers, all of that kind of stuff. If you guys haven't read those, um, you should. They're... Revealing, I would expect to see a lot of this kind of stuff to be coming out. A lot of finger pointing stuff, revealing the issues, the problems. Once the season ends, guys aren't so guarded with that stuff, and you start to get more of that coming out. Uh, placing blame. Uh, there were a few quotes that kind of started making the rounds. Russell Westbrook not being okay with other guys bringing the ball up the floor after they grab a rebound. That was a big one from the LA Times article that was making the rounds. In general, it painted both the the pieces pieces painted Russell Westbrook in a fairly negative light. I thought Ramona Shelburne's piece was a little bit more sympathetic to him, but they both essentially painted him as a guy who just not only didn't fit on the floor but didn't fit off the floor either. Uh, what was your thought on on the overall image of of Russell Westbrook that was produced by by what came out today? Uh Trevor, I'm not going to lie to you, man. And you, I think you knew my initial reaction because uh, I, I was reading the article and I was texting my reaction live. Uh-huh. But it, it, okay, first let me say this, especially the LA Times article. 
frank they kind of paint the picture and that's why i think it's kind of from like an assistant coach as the quote-unquote anonymous source or whatever mm-hmm. however they framed it because frank vogel is coming off as a little too sympathetic and again i do feel sympathy for him in some ways like the roster's not ideal or whatever you have to imagine trying to fit russell westbrook is is as challenging as things can get but just how the how some things were framed was a little too optimistic was a little too sympathetic in my opinion um but uh look russell westbrook is a part in the article where russ said or they're basically saying that russ basically said nope give me the rebound i mean give me the ball i'm the point guard i'm taking up the floor every trip which is just the exact opposite of how modern day nba works because also that really disrupts your flow Uh going into transition i I texted you this trevor like Golden State, Steph Curry, maybe the best point guard in the NBA right now. Draymond Green brings the ball up half the time, right? So it just doesn't make sense to have that viewpoint. Um, so I disagree with some of the stuff that Russ was saying, and, and I can see why it was such a challenging season from Frank Vogel's perspective. It just, if that's the case, if that's, and again, we're going to be hearing a lot of these things. It wouldn't shock me if there was a more pro Westbrook side that comes out Maybe tomorrow, yeah. within the next few days, whatever. We're going to hear more of that side, yeah. too. But if that's the case, if Russ is saying, no, 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 somebody gets the rebound, you hand me the ball because I'm the point guard, that's my job, that's what I do, then what was the point of all the offseason discussions that they had with LeBron, with AD, where all three of them agreed, we're going to have to sacrifice, we're going to have to change our games, we're going to have to be adaptable, and we're going to have to agree to each do this. LeBron said, hey, I'm going to play power forward. AD said, I'm going to play center. Russ agreed to play off the ball a bit more. And for Russ to then say, no, I bring the ball up the floor and draw a line in the sand on that, that early, and this is, we're talking about training camp, that suggest that as much as he said i'm going to adapt and all of those things he wasn't able to truly do that right it was just just talk it wasn't something that he was able to actually do and again this isn't all anti-russ i mean some of this is the lakers not adjusting to russell westbrook some of that is that's a factor too but that in particular didn't paint russ in a very positive light or as somebody who is going to be very easy to work with for the team terms of trying to make this fit. I mean, that was that was the big question mark coming into the season. Was can fit take a backseat to talent? Can talent outweigh fit? That was the the whole Westbrook experiment because on paper, Westbrook and LeBron is not a fit. Question was, could the talent override that? It's really hard for the talent to override that when the fit is fighting and fighting and fighting against you because Russ isn't willing to make these little sacrifices. Now, I'm not saying he didn't sacrifice at all. There were some things that he did over the course of the season that was not typical of him. Um, But it just goes to show that this didn't really come together the way the Lakers hoped it would. And I think that Russ probably didn't realize how much he was going to have to adjust his game to make it work and then wasn't willing at some point to make the adjustments that he needed to in order to try to make things work. So it's a mess, it's and, a mess, but yeah. And again, it's not like they didn't have other serviceable ball handlers. Like, it's not like the guys that other guys, and it's not, again, Russell Westbrook gets the point guard, right? And ideally, yes, the point guard can bring it up the floor. Sure. But what Russ is saying here is like, hey, I don't care if LeBron has grabs the rebound. LeBron, don't push it. I could be all the way back near the basket, and you're at half court 
pretty much give me the ball because I'm the point guard. Which again, it's just backwards way of thinking. And again, Austin Reeves can can handle sure. the ball and uh, kind of be a secondary playmaker. Malik Monk, Taylor Horn Tucker to a certain extent. AD can bring the ball up to the floor. You can run some five out stuff with him. LeBron, obviously. Like it's not like you didn't have other capable and serviceable options outside of Russ, which kind of makes it just as frustrating. I've got uh, Dre Johnson said with a super chat, if you notice, Russ always demanded the ball and refused to take out the ball after a basket. I noticed it and posted it on Lakers community on Bleacher Report. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, again, that's support for that argument that or that um, report that Russ was not okay with somebody else bringing the ball up the floor because that's his job. That's what he does. That's not, that's not how you make something work. Like, imagine if in the championship season, Dwight Howard had said, well, I need at least five post touches every single night because that's what I do because I'm, I'm the center. That's what yeah. I, I'm going to post up and we're going to run an offensive set and you're going to throw me the ball. He wouldn't be on the team. He wouldn't have stayed on. But yeah. it, the contract's very different, obviously. That's why. But but still, yeah. like if Dwight had done that and you had had to bend to Dwight's will, let's say Dwight had a $35 million contract or something like that, that championship season, are they winning? trying to appease Dwight and get him those touches? No, probably not. They won because everybody filled in and, and played the role that the team needed them to play, not what they were used to doing. And again, this isn't just Russ. It's not just him who who did this, who didn't have the flexibility that it was necessary. And even if he was, maybe it wouldn't be enough for this team to win. Probably wouldn't have. But you can't be that rigid in this kind of a situation where the team is not really built to make Russell Westbrook look the best as he can. That's not what the team was built to do. Russ was brought in to try to ease that burden of what happens when LeBron gets off the floor, to try to shoulder some of that that load. That's what Russ was brought in to do, not to be the best version of himself and to have the lineup set up specifically the way he wants it. If he was expecting that, and again, I don't know if he was, but if he was expecting that, then there was either a miscommunication or or something happened because that's not that was not what was ever going to happen this season. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, let's see, I've got NGM. The Super Chat said, This whole season was a perfect storm of incompetence, selfishness, and hubris by the front office and the players. I, I like the term perfect storm. It was a mess, and it wasn't just one particular thing. It wasn't just, it was not just Russ. It's not just Vogel. It's not just the front office. It's not just the roster construction. It's not just injuries. It's not just health and safety protocols. It's everything that has come together to create this mess of a season. It's a lot of things that's created this. It's a lot of blame pie to go around. Absolutely. Everybody can have a slice. (laughs) Absolutely. A few more for some people. Oh, man. It's been a rough season. That's for sure. That's for sure. But, hey, they got to win tonight. Hopefully the Lakers can rectify some things. 
this offseason. Uh, I thought it was interesting, you know, Stein mentioning that the Lakers were okay potentially with a buyout. Ramona Shelburne saying that a buyout was probably not in the cards. I don't think the Lakers have really decided on that just yet. I think they're going to see what they can do on the trade front. But I think it's pretty clear that the Lakers are going to do everything they can to trade they can to trade Westbrook. I don't think there's anything that's going to change that. Like if Russ goes to the Lakers and says, well, I really want to stay around my family, don't trade me. I think he's going to try to, I, th- I think the Lakers are going to do everything they can to move him um, and to find a trade. Maybe it's Charlotte, maybe it's Indiana, maybe, who knows? There's going to be a lot of other rumors between now and June, July. But I think the Lakers are, we, we've crossed the, the point of no return. They're going to do everything they can to move Russell Westbrook off their roster. If he's a Laker next season, it won't be for lack of trying. Uh, let's see. Javantes Gallo said they should have let the young guys play sooner. Sean, what do you what do you think about that? Should the young guys have been given a little bit more leeway to, to really get out and run? Like, should Frank Vogel have been quicker on the trigger in terms of recognizing that the veteran guys weren't getting it done, play the young legs, the... Austin Reeves, they didn't have Stanley Johnson all season, but play the younger guys alongside LeBron, AD, Russ, and then off you go. Was that Did that need to happen sooner? How many times can I say yes before it gets annoying? <laughs> if anybody has that answer, I will gladly do it. Um, and the quickest, or I guess the easiest way to prove my point, look at, I keep going back to this four-game stretch. I did a whole freaking breakdown on the four-game stretch. Philly, Toronto, Cleveland, and Washington. Mm -hmm. In Washington. Those four games, I get it was no AD, but for the most part, it was Russ, LeBron, and young guys. That's what it was. And what happened in those four games? Austin Reeves, unselfish player. Malik Monk, yeah, he could kind of force some shots every now and then, but he's a guy that could get downhill and make the right decision for the most part. He'll, he'll force some stuff with his passes sometimes, too. Stanley Johnson can create a little bit from the elbow, kick out the corners, and then obviously you have LeBron and Russell Westbrook. They're, they're driving lanes, and then the defense has to collapse, and they get to kick out to a corner shooter. Um, yes, yes, a thousand times yes. And again, the, and then when the Lakers started to get into their playoff mode or whatever, Frank Vogel went back to playing Avery Bradley 33 minutes, Dwight mm-hmm. Howard playing 35 minutes, Carmelo playing 28 minutes, uh, Trevor Reza getting clock in a few games. Like, no, Frank. And I'm, this isn't me bashing Frank right now. Well, it kind of turned into that really quickly. But, um, yes, a thousand times yes. When the Lakers, and they haven't had a lot of success with anything this season, but when they've had their most success, and, again, it's not been a lot, it's been with the young guys on the floor. It's been with Austin Reeves, Taylor Horn Tucker to a certain extent, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk. Wayne Gabriel, since he's been uh, a part of this Lakers roster, um, that that's when the Lakers have been at their best. And we haven't seen that often, but that's when they've been at the best. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It was a change that needed to happen sooner, for sure. 100%. Uh, Nick T with the super chat from YouTube said, Russ has plenty of chances while LeBron was out to prove himself. He was just as bad playing without LeBron. I knew the season would be a failure in game one of the season when Russ was rocking the baby down 15. <laughs> Um, look, yeah, I mean, the games where you needed the, a big part of the reason why they got Russ was they knew LeBron was going to miss games. They knew AD was going to miss games. The hope was, hey, if we've got a third star, that guy can kind of carry the team when these other guys are out. Obviously, that did not work, um, but that was the plan. Uh, and Russ, Russ played better down the stretch. The last few games that we saw of him, he's played better. 
He's played better the last, what, maybe 15 games of the season? But obviously, at that yeah. point, the season was already pretty much over for the Lakers, and it wasn't enough to get wins. So the experiment failed. They brought him in to try to ease that burden on LeBron. It did not work. The Lakers were only winning games when LeBron blew up, went nuclear for 50 points or whatever. That was the only shot they had. The experiment didn't work, and the Lakers are going to try to move on. Uh, Adrian Ryle from Facebook said, Hi, Trevor and Sean. Do you think the Lakers can get Ben McLemore or Damian Jones next season? Bring Damian Jones back home. Come on. Bring him back. Also, please. I declare Trevor as the next Zen master. Oh, okay. Because I really admire the patience and optimism covering these post-game shows and what has been considered the most horrible season this team is in. Also really love Sean's insights every time he's on the show. It's always been a treat. Much love from the Philippines. Well, thank you, Adrian. Very much appreciated. Appreciate the, the kind words there. Uh, ben McLemore, Not- Damian Jones. What do you think? I like it. Uh, ben McLemore can be a guy that can just stretch the floor, give you some much needed shooting. And uh, Damian Jones is obviously a guy we definitely want back. Uh, please. We're, we're kind of begging for Damian Jones to come back at this yeah. point. Just, just because of the bigs we've had this season. Um, so, yeah, I would love Damian Jones to be back. I, I would absolutely try to get Damian Jones. Ben McLemore, I don't know. I mean, he's undersized. I, you need two-way players. True. I don't think he's that. But Damian Jones, I, I would definitely be interested in for sure. Yep. Uh, Edwin Villanueva, Trevor, correct me if I'm wrong, but this win is the only win where we beat the opponent by more than 10. Am I right? This season? No. Did they beat did they beat somebody beat, else by more than 10 this season? Beat Orlando oh, and Orlando by, I think, Yeah, that may be. I mean, I mean, that's pretty depressing. That's the only game I can think of off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look and see, but uh, I would imagine they may have done it. I'm sure somebody in the chat can actually go back and, and take a look. It, it hasn't happened often. We know that. Yeah, we know that for sure. Dre Johnson. Blazers. Yeah, Blazers, uh, end of the year. Okay. That makes more sense, yep. In any scenario, do you see the front office basically knowing the chips stacked against Vogel with the Russ and the roster and just bringing him back? Bringing Vogel back? I think that's done. I think it's done. I just don't see it happening. And I go back to, I think it was done last summer. I think it was done before the team started playing. I think it was done last summer. They gave him a one-year extension. One year, that's in the coaching world. That's you're kind of dead man walking going into the season. That's that's not much yeah. confidence that the organization is showing in you. And now, had Vogel won a championship this year or something? Okay, then then maybe they're looking long term. Okay, we're going to keep him around. But one-year extension, and this has been the worst Lakers season ever. I just don't see it. I don't see them sticking with him. He was not their first choice when they hired him. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think I think Vogel's gone. I think that's the one thing. Like, what do you think is more likely, Vogel is gone or Russ is gone, Sean? More likely, yeah. Vogel's gone. And just because it, just because again, sorry to cut you off, is that he's Rob Palenka's kind of like excuse in a way, like oh no, like. Frank, it, it was Frank. I mean, yeah, yeah, the roster wasn't the best or whatever, but it, it's Frank. It's his job to get them, as you would say, to get the players to play uh, more than some of their parts, right? So it's, it's Frank's fault, right? Uh, like, Rob has an easy excuse, if you if you like to say yep. that, right? So, again, and also not, not saying Frank's been good necessarily this season, but Rob Palink has an easier excuse to, to fire um to fire Frank Vogel. So I think they'll actually both be gone. I think the biggest question is, what do you get to replace them? 
What do you get in a Russell Westbrook package? What do you get? Who do you get rather as your next head coach? Um, th- those are the bigger questions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that I think I think Russ is going to be gone next year. I think that's going to. But there's a chance that you just can't find a taker in a trade, and you just decide a buyout's just not not yeah. going to happen. Maybe Russ, like Ramona Shelburne mentioned, Russ isn't open to a buyout. Maybe that's that happens. Um, so there's that chance there. I think the Lakers, it's very much in their control with what they do with Frank Vogel. I think he's he's going to be gone. Uh, let's see. We've got Cabbage Eleven said with a super chat said tear it down to the studs and rebuild through the draft with a question mark. So you're talking about trade LeBron, trade Anthony Davis, get rid of everybody, burn this thing to the ground, and then build forward from there. Well, you have to remember the Lakers don't have their pick this year. Next year's a pick swap, and then 2024 or 2025 becomes the property of the Pelicans. So that makes it a little bit challenging to build through the draft. Now you could say maybe in all those trades, you'd pick up enough draft picks to where, okay, you're, you're all right. Um, tearing it all down. I, to me, the first thing I think of is, is that an overcorrection? Because that's essentially what I think the Lakers did this last season, right? They're driving mm-hmm. along the road, driving along, driving along. And they started to veer off course due to injuries last season. And they were good. They were good. They started to veer off course just a little bit. They just needed a minor tweak. Just turn that wheel a little bit, put them back on course, maybe just a little trade to add some shooting or something, and you're probably in good shape. Instead, the Lakers had this would just jerk the wheel the other way, trying to fix this small thing, and yeah, went went straight into oncoming traffic. That's what this season has been. But <laughs> but what about if you just tear this whole thing down, like trade away all your stars and everything? Isn't that also just another overcorrection? I think you could yeah. you could characterize it that way. And it's understandable why fans would be like, this has been the worst ever. Drastic changes. Drastic. Just get rid of this thing. Whatever this team is, kill it. It's gross. Get rid of this. I understand it. But I'm I want to be careful because I do wonder if that is repeating the mistake of last off season in terms of overcorrecting to what you saw during the season. Yeah. And then me personally, I'm fairly optimistic that with the Russell Westbrook trade, whether it's that Charlotte deal, that seems to be a legitimate possibility or the Pacers potential package that we've tossed around amongst ourselves here. I'm fairly confident the Lakers can build a roster to compete next season surrounding LeBron and Anthony Davis, the young guys and whoever they get in preferably one of those two packages. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not burning it down next year. If anything, if you're going to burn it out at all, it'll be the following year because that's when a potentially LeBron's not back. And if Anthony Davis has another injury riddled season, maybe you finally say, you know what? LeBron's not back. We trade 80 now. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm not burning it all down next year because I personally think that you can build a roster to compete in the Western Conference next season surrounding LeBron and AD. It's not going to be easy, but I think it can be done. No. NGM, wouldn't surprise me if the Clippers or Mavs bring in Vogel as a defensive coach, assistant coach next year. You know, I I think that, and I like where your head's at here because you're referring back to the connections Vogel already has. These things matter, right? He was going to be Ty Lue's assistant coach before that fell, fell apart. And then he's already got a relationship, obviously, with Jason Kidd. So it could happen. I think Frank Vogel will be a coach at some point in the NBA again. He will at the very least be an assistant coach somewhere. Somebody will bring him in and be be his defensive coordinator, essentially. 
Um, I think that's going to happen. I don't know exactly where. I don't know if it's going to be next season or if he will take a season off to kind of recuperate. I mean, this has been a, he's said this has been his most difficult season. Wouldn't surprise me if Frank Vogel takes a year to kind of step away for a little while. But um, I, I think if he wants to coach again, and I think he will, um, he's going to wind up somewhere. And Clippers, Mavs, sure, that, that's as good of a guess as any because he's got connections there already in both places. Let's see here. Uh, Carol Zorbano, will Ariza retire, do you think? I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. I think think he's going to. I think this is it for Ariza. I think the the ankle surgery obviously didn't help, but he's looked pretty done this season. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about this? I've got a comment here from YouTube that said, all of my Lakers gear is staying in the closet. Embarrassing wearing any Lakers gear at the moment. I don't, I don't know. know if you guys like, can see that very well. I kind of feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna support the team, you support the team, right? Like, you know, if they if they went and did something offensive or, or something like that, then I could see like putting away your Lakers gear or something. But and maybe people are offended by what they've done this season, by the way they've played. But they've played really poorly. But to me, you stick through it through thick and thin, right? Shouldn't that be a thing? Yeah, man. Yeah, that, that should be a thing, and I think that's how fans operate. I mean, like, look, like, for example, I'm a Chargers fan, for example, right? We haven't won jack nothing in forever, so, but you just got to stick through it, man. And, uh, again, maybe I'm a little optimistic. I think, I think. well, first off, it can't get that much worse than what we saw this season going into next year, but I'm fairly confident that they'll fix some of the, they'll try their best anyway to fix some of the things that they awfully did wrong mm-hmm. last season uh, or last offseason rather regarding the Russell Westbrook trade and some of the other how they just built the roster in general and uh, yeah I mean I, I'm, Trevor are you are you in that same boat or are you kind of a little bit more pessimistic if they, in that they'll build a roster that can compete in the West I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that's where I where I am I, I've got concerns okay. I, I know it's going to be really tough but yeah I'm ready to see it I'm ready to see what happens and I'm hoping hoping of course that they can do it uh, Mamba Mentality with a super chat says, let's say there's no trades for the Lakers, like for Russ and also the trade deadline. We don't trade Russ. Can we keep him and get the cap when the contract is done? Yes. Yeah, so the Lakers, as of right now, they've got a ton of cap room in 2023. The only players on the books are Anthony Davis and THT has a player option for that year. That's it. That's it. So let's say the Lakers go the nuclear strategy. LeBron goes to them and says, I want out. AD says, I want out too. And you you do go with that, tear it down. You probably might as well just keep Russ, try to move him at the trade deadline or whatever, see if you can get any kind of positive asset. But it's not worth at that point paying to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Um, you're right. You would be better served just keeping him, letting his contract expire, and then having all the cap space in 2023. Um, if you keep LeBron and AD and you can't find a trade for Russ, are you better off just keeping him um, and then getting the cap space than buying him out? I think you can make that argument. The benefit of buying him out is maybe you have an opportunity to spend a little bit more and you can perhaps put together a better team. Uh, Maybe you have an opportunity to keep Malik Monk. Maybe you have an opportunity to get somebody else that's an even better fit if you can use that full mid-level exception. But of course, the downside to buying him out and stretching him 
is that you wind up incurring a just dead money on your cap for the next three years, which can be really, really damaging. So there's an argument for that to be made, but I think the most likely scenario is they will find a, a trade for him, even if it means eating into some future cap space. Agreed. Agreed for sure. Uh, let's see. Quadre points set to Trevor. Oh, oh no. no. You should dump this wreck of a team and join a real team like the Miami Heat. Didn't, didn't the Lakers just beat the Miami Heat to win a championship not all that long ago? And no, look, here's, mm. here's the thing. Look, everybody's going to have their teams that they enjoy watching, and that's fine. Everybody's going to have their teams that they're fans of. Yeah, one of my best friends in the world is Keith, and he's, and he's a Celtics fan, and we coexist somehow, some way. It happens. Um, everybody's going to have teams that they're they are fans of, but my team's the Lakers. I grew up on the Lakers. They're, they're playing poorly, but I'm not going anywhere, right? I mean, it's, it's something that's just ingrained in me at this point. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to do the whole bandwagon thing where, oh, the Lakers aren't playing well, so I'm going to go jump over to another team. No, that's that's not me. If you want to do that, do you. But that's that's not how I roll. Trevor's weekly rant on uh, bandwagoners <laughs> or like people just hop on different bandwagons. Look, I mean, everybody, everybody has their own way they consume sports. And for some people, they want to follow the player. For some people, they like to jump around to the best team. Whatever fits your passion, passion the best. You know, I'm not going to hate on somebody, but I don't know. Uh, for me, I've always been a team first guy and and my team's the Lakers. Uh can the Lakers restructure Westbrook's contract? No. Um it's not the, not, not the, like NFL. the NFL. That's not the way the NBA works. Uh you cannot restructure uh Westbrook's contract. Would you take back Danny Green? Yeah. Yeah, it depending on the salary, obviously, and everything, but that's the basic skill set that you need. He's getting up there in years, but if you had him coming off your bench or something, sure. Why not? That's that's essentially what you need. Three and D style players. That's what you're looking for. All right, guys. Um, let's get to the master lock. Master lock of the night. I didn't have much that I was super upset about in this game or that was particularly annoying. Sean, what do you, what do you have that you would put in the master lock? I'm going to support our guy, Matt Diotis Peralta, and Master Lock Malik Mock for not hitting the over 23 and a half. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, man. Damn. I mean, all, all seriousness, probably just the season. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. Just just Master Lock the season at this point. It's been, been tough, but hey, at least we got a win tonight. But I think that's about the only thing. Oh, Bad Dog says Master Lock Vogel just for the hell of it. <laughs> That's, that's he's on his way out. Come on. He's on his way out. Guys. Oh man, man, Frank Vogel. His tone definitely changed a little bit, and I I noticed it from being in all of his pressures this year. He wasn't quite as animated as you usually see him. He knows what's what's coming here. It's been a ta- a long season. Oh, Dre Johnson with a super chat. Is there any way anybody in the Bus family can rule Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis out of their power? Well, yeah, Genie Bus, Genie rules all. Jeannie gets to decide on everything. If she wanted them out, they'd be out. But everything we've heard is that's not happening. That is not happening. The Lakers front office is going to stay pretty much the same for next year. She's not getting rid of Rob. She's not getting rid of, of Kurt, Linda. That's that's not going to happen. All right, everybody. I appreciate you guys for, for joining us tonight. Obviously, it's been a difficult season, but 
Hey, we got to see a Lakers win. We'll see if the Lakers can finish things out. One more game. Denver Nuggets coming up on Sunday. Can the Lakers finish things out with a win one last time? Till then, everybody. See ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.